morning. Today we again follow the order of service on page 15 and our opening hymn is hymn 292, Lord Jesus Christ with us abide and we sing the first three verses at the beginning of our service. 
I ask you to please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. psalm today we read psalm 55 responsibly with the congregation reading those portions in bold type give ear to my prayer O god and hide not thyself from my supplication because of the voice of the enemy because of the oppression of the wicked for they cast iniquity upon me and in wrath they hate me Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. 
He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The his words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shalt bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their lives, but I will trust in thee.
O God, who declarest thine almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity, mercifully grant unto us such a measure of thy grace that we, running the way of thy commandments, may obtain thy precious promises and be made partakers of thy heavenly treasure through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. may be seated. For our catechism lesson today, we continue looking at the office of the keys. And today we consider, first of all, the question, what does this power comprise? Being the power of the word, it comprises the power to preach the gospel and to administer the sacraments, especially the power to remit and to retain sins. In Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 18, we read, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, we read Jesus' words, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I remind you that Jesus repeated those words in Matthew chapter 18, not using the singular you, but the plural ye, uh, indicating that this power to forgive and to retain sins is given to all his disciples, all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and so especially to his church. Our epistle lesson for today is recorded in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1, through chapter 6, verse 12. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men and things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity? And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when 
For the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made, par made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Here ends our reading of the epistle. I ask you to please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. gospel appointed for today is recorded in St. Luke's gospel in chapter 19 beginning at the 41st verse. And when he was come near he beheld the city and wept over it saying if thou hadst known even thou at least in this thy day the things which belong unto thy peace but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. And he went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold therein and them that bought saying unto them, it is written, my house is the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And he taught daily in the temple, but the chief priests and scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him and could not find what they might do, for all the people were very attentive to hear him. Here ends our reading of the Holy Gospel. Amen. 
we join in confessing our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed found on page 22 in your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended to heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. You may be seated. We continue our worship by singing hymn 460, which is Behold the Sure Foundation Stone, hymn 460. you to bow your heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we again pray your Holy Spirit's guidance and blessing upon the speaking and the hearing of your word this day. We ask this so we might be strengthened in our faith in our Lord Jesus, that we might hold fast to him and continue in the true faith unto life everlasting. 
We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The word of God, which we consider today, is the epistle lesson read to you a few minutes ago from Hebrews chapters 5 and 6. And I just invite you to follow along in this text, and we will kind of go verse by verse and look at the teaching here. It begins with the word for, and, and I know many of you have heard me say that. Uh, sometimes I say it in regard to therefore, but it's also for. It connects it to uh, the previous chapter that we looked at last week and the end of chapter 4 where it urges us, it tells us, seeing that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may, have, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so we are urged to come before the Lord God seeking his mercy because we have a high priest who has gone into heaven itself with his shed blood uh, to make atonement for our sins and he is there interceding for us as our advocate. And so our text today begins by talking about Jesus as our high priest. It says, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men and things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity, and by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And so it makes a comparison to the Levitical priesthood to Aaron and his sons, and the reference takes us back to Leviticus chapter 16, and I won't read the whole chapter to you, but beginning at verse 29, it says, And it shall be a statute forever unto you that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, ye shall afflict your souls and do no work at all, whether it be one of your own country or a stranger that sojourneth among you. For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you, that ye may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It shall be a Sabbath of rest unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls by a statute forever. And the priest whom he shall anoint, and whom he shall consecrate to minister in the priest's office in his father's stead, shall make the atonement, and shall put on the linen clothes, even the holy garments, and he shall make an atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make an atonement for the tabernacle of the congregation and for the altar, and he shall make an atonement for the priests and for all the people of the congregation. And this shall be an everlasting statute unto you to make an atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. And so Aaron and his sons on Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, were to enter into the holiest place and they were to offer sacrifices for their own sins and sacrifices for the sins of the people, as well as sacrifices in order to cleanse and purify the tabernacle and the altar, because these were just patterns of the altar in God's presence where Jesus' blood 
is poured out to make atonement for your sins and mine. And so as Jesus, our high priest, went into heaven with his blood, so the high priest once a year went in and offered sacrifices and, and brought in blood for his sins and the sins of the people. We see this also in the book of Hebrews in sections that we've read already, Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verses 14 through 18. Here we read that, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. And so our Lord Jesus Christ, God's son had to become true man. He had to be tempted. He had to suffer the things that we suffer in order that he might be our high priest and go before the Lord God in heaven with his shed blood to make atonement for our sins. We also read last week in chapter 4 the words that I read to you just a little bit ago that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. And so our Lord Jesus is that high priest. Our text goes on to say that no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. And back in Exodus chapter 28, Aaron and his sons were called of God. God directly said that they were to serve as priests in his tabernacle. And it says, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made in high priest, but he that said unto him, thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so God himself appointed his son to be our high priest. Back in Psalm chapter, in Psalm number two in verse seven is where God spoke to the son. We have it recorded that God spoke to the son and said, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, or today have I begotten thee. And in Psalm 110, verse 4, he is called a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And it's kind of helpful to see the history, you know, who is Melchizedek? And if you go back in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 15, you have a war that took place when the kings of the north came and invaded the south and they carried away uh, the inhabitants of Sodom, which included Lot. And so Aaron and those confederate with him pursued them and recovered uh, recovered uh, these, these people. And I said uh, Genesis 15, and I may, be in the, may have given you the wrong reference. Genesis 14. Uh, it tells us there that Amraphel, king of Shinar, which we, we think of Shinar uh, 
were taken back to the area of Assyria and Babylon. Uh, Arioch, king of Elasar, Kedor Leomer, the king of Elam, title the king of nations, that these made war with Bera, king of Sodom, and were Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shibna, king of Edmon, Shemizer, Shemeber, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zoar, that these joined together in the Vale of Sidim, which is a salt sea. And it talks about how 12 years they had served Cador uh, Leomer, but in the 13th year they rebelled and decided not to pay their tribute anymore. And so then in the 14th year, Cador Leomer comes with his armies to reconquer them and to force them into submission. And so they come and carry away Lot along with other people in Sodom and all the, all the goods of that land. And later in the chapter, we read that Abraham uh, heard his brother was taken captive. He armed his trained servants born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night, and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And so all the way up into Syria. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Kedar Leomer and the kings that were with him at the valley of Shaveh, which is the king's dale. And then we read that Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine and he was the priest of the most high God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And then we read that Abram gave him tithes of all. And so 10% of all he gave to Melchizedek, king of Salem. The book of Hebrews explains this for us. If you know Hebrew, you can also look at uh, the meaning of the words Melchizedek. Melchi is king, Zedek is righteousness, so he's king of righteousness. He's also king of Salem. Salem is Shalom, king of peace. And so he's the king of righteousness and the king of, pre, of peace, uh, which was probably Jerusalem, uh, Salem. And he is a priest of the Most High God. So here we find someone who is not in the line of the Messiah, but who is a priest of the Most High God. And Abram gives him a tenth of all, indicating that he is greater even than the sons of Levi, Aaron and his sons, who are, it refers to in the Bible, still in his loins. You know, he's, they're still not born. Uh, they're just seed that he would produce uh, through Isaac and Jacob and Levi, and then on down to Aaron and his sons. And so we have Jesus called to be a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And we'll come to this later on, but it speaks of Melchizedek as a king of righteousness and a king of peace and a king which has no beginning and no end. It doesn't mean that the actual king Melchizedek was never born and never died, uh, though we don't know for sure, but he comes into the scripture with no beginning and he is mentioned in scripture and there's never any mention of his end. And so it refers to him as a king who is 
without beginning and without end. And Jesus, the Bible tells us, is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so he's not in the line of Aaron and the Aaronic priesthood, but he's after the order of Melchizedek, who is even greater than Aaron, because through Abram, Aaron, Aaron and his sons gave to him a tenth of all. And he also is, as it says, thou art my son, this day or today have I begotten thee. And so he is the very son of God. So we see that Jesus did not take this honor to be our high priest upon himself, but he is called of God. We even emphasize this in regard to pastors, that pastors do not take upon themselves the role of pastor, but that they be called by God through the congregation. And so it's not something that they just take upon themselves, but it is through the call of God that they are authorized to preach and teach God's word, administer the sacraments in the stead of the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. We read on in the book of Hebrews, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of understanding. I invite you to think, I won't look it up and read it to you, but if you think of Luke chapter 22 or the other gospels, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, there sweating as it is, or as it were, great drops of blood and praying that if it would be possible, God would remove this cup from him because as the Holy Son of God, how would he want to be separated and condemned by God for the sins of the world? But he also said, yet not my will, but thine be done. In Philippians chapter two, verse eight, it speaks of Jesus being obedient to the point of death, even death upon a cross. And so our Lord Jesus Christ, as it says here, being made perfect, he fulfilled all the law of God perfectly for us. He fulfilled all that God required and he was obedient to the Lord God, even to the point of going to the cross and bearing the guilt and the punishment for your sins and mine. And indeed, as it says, he was a called and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. It explains further when it speaks about being dull of hearing at verse 12. It says, for, for, when, for, the time that, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one of you, or for every one that useth milk, is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. As we were going through the Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus speaks of his hearers as being dull of hearing, how this fulfilled 
Uh, the prophecy of Isaiah that they would hear, but not truly hear. They would not understand. They would see, but not truly see. They would not truly grasp the truths that Jesus was teaching. And here the writer to the Hebrews points out that his hearers are dull of hearing. And so though he would like to delve deeper, uh, they are only used to drinking milk, getting the very basics of the Christian faith. I think of what St. Paul writes to the Corinthians in Corinthians chapter 3, beginning at the first verse, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, fleshly, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? And so Paul could only go back to the basics and begin again with the milk uh, with them. As we think about those words, certainly I think they have application to us as well, that there are so many things in the scriptures that we don't understand because we have not focused enough in the word of God to learn and to grow so that we are ready to handle and understand uh, the true meat of the word, the deeper things that are revealed to us in God's word. Uh, I think of all the time that I've wasted when I could have been studying and digging deeper that may have helped me uh, to grow and to better understand these parts of Holy Scripture. In chapter 6, he continues, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And so he speaks of these things as the very foundation doctrines, the things that they were learning as they learned and received the milk of the word. And it says, and this will we do if God permit. He says, for it is impossible for those who are once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. So here's, here the writer to the Hebrews, and I want to call him St. Paul because he writes so much like St. Paul. Uh, here the writer to the Hebrews points out a truth that is denied by so many today. Because it makes it very clear that it is possible for those who are enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift, were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, who have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the word world to come, it certainly indicates that it is possible for them to fall away. 
And yet you hear preacher after preacher today say, once saved, always saved. Once you come to faith, you can never fall away. I think much of this is rooted in the fact that uh, they come out of Calvinism, which emphasizes the sovereignty of God and divine election, that if God chooses you to be saved, you're going to be saved. You really can't do anything about it. And somehow that carried over into, you know, once you come to faith, you can never fall away. Well, Jesus does speak about no one being able to take anyone from his hand, but he doesn't say that you can't push away his hand and go your own way. And that's what it's addressing here. Uh, he's saying that we're going to press on into these this argument about Jesus being our great high priest and what he has done for us as our high priest uh, because it's not possible for those who have come to faith and have turned away and gone back into sin and unbelief to be brought back into the true faith because they've rejected the working of the Holy Spirit. And this, of course, points out to us a danger that we need to be aware of. That if we who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we've tasted of God's grace and goodness, we have partaken of forgiveness through faith in our Savior, if we turn away from Christ, if we reject the working of the Holy Spirit and go back into sin and unbelief, there's no hope for us. Because apart from faith in Jesus Christ, and apart from the gracious working of the Holy Spirit, there is no salvation. But of course, he goes on here to say, but beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. And so he's persuaded of better things concerning his hearers, that they have not rejected Christ and turned away. And he says, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And so the writer to the Hebrews, if if they had turned away from Christ and were rejecting the Holy Spirit, probably wouldn't have wasted his time. But because he considered better things of them, because of the evidences of their faith, uh, he writes, and as we go on, we'll see him dig much deeper into this comparison with the Aaronic priesthood and the priesthood of our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. But he points out their labor of love which they have showed toward his name in their ministering to the saints. Uh, perhaps they also were generously contributing to this offering being gathered for the saints in Jerusalem. And if not that, at least they were providing and caring for their fellow believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, which was evidence of their faith. I think of what St. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, Beginning at the second verse, he says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, 
For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. And you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples or examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who has delivered us, who which delivered us from the wrath to come. And it goes on to speak of their their generosity and their their works. And so here the writer to the Hebrews hears these things of the Hebrews and he encourages them to go on and do the same thing. It says, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, don't be lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And if you think back to Psalm 95 and what we've talked about here, it talks about, you know, not to harden your hearts as those did in the wilderness, but to hold fast to Christ. And here he says to be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And we will come to this when we go into Hebrews chapter 11. And we see examples of all those who by faith in Christ, who was to come, did all these things, forsook the world and followed Christ and suffered these things. And they're held up as examples for you and for me. And so what is the summary of all this? And indeed, it kind of covers a lot of things in these verses. Is that Jesus is our high priest. He was sent and chosen of God to offer up himself as our perfect sacrifice for sins. As we read in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 26 and 27. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. And the second part of this is that we are urged to continue to trust in him and to follow the example of those who walk by faith, trusting in God's promises in our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I think of the verse that I read to you at the very beginning from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so we come boldly before the throne of God's grace and we receive his mercy because of Jesus Christ who sacrificed himself for us, who made atonement for our sins, who appeared before God in heaven with his shed blood as our high priest. And so we come boldly before the mercy seat of God, trusting in our Lord Jesus Christ that we may obtain the promises of forgiveness and life everlasting. God grant this to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. I ask you to please stand.
the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Continue our worship by bringing forward our offerings. invite you to please stand and join with me in the prayers of the church. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give thee thanks for thy goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of thy dear Son and for the revelation of thy will and thy grace. And we beseech thee so to implant thy word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth fruit by patient continuance and well-being, well-doing. Most heartily we beseech thee so to rule and govern thy church universal with all its pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of thy saving word, whereby faith toward thee may be strengthened, charity increased in us toward all mankind, and thy kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into thy harvest and sustain those whom thou hast sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant also health and prosperity to all that are in authority, especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the governor and legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates. 
and endue them with grace to rule after thy good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please thee also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are suffering for thy name and for thy truth's sake, comfort, O God, with thy Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of thy fatherly will. We remember, especially in this regard, Carl of California, that you would be with him and give him comfort, that you would lift up his spirits and strengthen his faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And although we have deserved thy righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat thee, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of thine unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, Defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of thy mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble show thyself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needful fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land and sea, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with thy blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before thee, for thou hast purchased us to be thine own, that we may live unto thee. These and whatever other things thou wouldest have us ask of thee, O God, grant unto us for the sake of the bitter sufferings and death of Jesus Christ, thine only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. You may be seated. We continue our worship by singing hymn 307, Draw Nigh and Take the Body of the Lord.
ask you to please stand. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, Everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saved. Give us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given to death for all your sins. The Lord bless you and keep you in his baptismal grace. Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given unto death for all your sins. The Lord bless you and keep you in his baptismal grace. Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given unto death for all your sins. Take and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, shed for the remission of all your sins. I now ask you to please stand. Now may this holy body and precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake.
unto the Lord, for he is good. O God, the Father, fount and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness did send thine only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank thee that for his sake thou hast given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we beseech thee not to forsake thy children, but evermore to rule our hearts and minds by thy Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve thee through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. You may be seated. We close our worship by singing verses 4 through 9 of hymn 292.
Again, a welcome to all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, the announcements, uh, the only announcement I really have is uh, just a reminder of midweek Bible study, our online study at 7 o'clock on Wednesday evening. We will continue in chapter 17 and verse 14 for next week. So God's richest blessings to all of you. Any other announcements this morning? God's blessings. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you.